Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Dearly beloved brethren, the scripture moveth us in sundry places to acknowledge and confess our manifold sins and wickedness, and that we should not dissemble nor cloak them before the face of Almighty God our Heavenly Father, but confess them with an humble, lowly, penitent and obedient heart, to the end that we may obtain forgiveness of the same by his infinite goodness and mercy. And although we ought at all times humbly to acknowledge our sins before God, yet ought we most chiefly so to do, when we assemble and meet together, to render thanks for the great benefits that we have received at his hand, to set forth his most worthy praise, to hear his most holy word, and to ask those things which are requisite and necessary, as well for the body as the soul. Wherefore, I pray and beseech you, as many as are here present, to accompany me with a pure heart and humble voice unto the throne of the heavenly grace, saying after me, Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, Spare thou them, O God, which confess their faults. Restore thou them that are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life to the glory of thy holy name. Almighty God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who desireth not the death of a sinner, but rather that he may turn from his wickedness and live, have, and hath given power and commandment to his ministers to declare and pronounce to his people, being penitent, the absolution and remission of their sins. He pardoneth and absolveth all them that truly repent and unfeignedly believe his holy gospel. Wherefore, let us beseech him to grant us true repentance and his Holy Spirit, that those things may please him which we do at this present, and that the rest of our life hereafter may be pure and holy, so that at the last we may come to his eternal joy. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive them that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever.
Here we get the first verse of the third chapter of the first book of Samuel. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. And it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep, that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here am I. And he ran unto Eli and said, Here am I, for thou callest me. And he said, I called not, lie down again. And he went and lay down. And the Lord God called yet again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I called not my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go, lie down. And it shall be, if he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. And the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing in Israel at which both the ears of everyone that heareth it shall tingle. In that day I will perform against Eli all things which I have spoken concerning his house. When I begin, I will also make an end. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth, because his sons made themselves vile, and he restrained them not. And therefore I have sworn unto the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be purged with sacrifice, nor offering forever. And Samuel lay until the morning, and opened the doors of the house of the Lord. And Samuel feared to show Eli the vision. Then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. And he answered, Here am I. And he said, what is the thing that the Lord has said unto thee? I pray thee, hide it not from me. God do so to thee, and more also, if thou hide anything from me of all the things that he said unto thee. And Samuel told him every whit, and hid nothing from him. And he said, It is the Lord. Let him do what seemeth him good. And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, 
and did let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan even to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord. Here endeth the first lesson.
Here beginneth the twelfth verse of the fourteenth chapter of Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. Even so ye, for as much as ye are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that ye may excel the edifying of the church. Wherefore let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will sing with the understanding also. Else when thou shalt bless with the Spirit, how shall he that occupieth the room of the unlearned say Amen at the giving of thanks, seeing he understandeth not what thou sayest? For thou verily givest thanks well, but the other is not edified. I thank my God. I speak with tongues more than ye all. Yet in the church I had rather speak five words with my understanding, that by my voice I might teach others also, than ten thousand words in an unknown tongue. Brethren, be ye not children in understanding, howbeit in malice be ye children, but in understanding be ye men. Here endeth the second lesson.
born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you.
so many and great dangers that by reason of the frailty of our nature we cannot always stand upright. Grant to us such strength and protection as may support us in all dangers and carry us through all temptations. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed. Give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that both our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness, through the merits of Jesus Christ our Saviour. in our darkness we beseech thee O Lord and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night for the love of thy only Son our Saviour Jesus Christ fountain of all wisdom. We humbly beseech thee to bless our Sovereign Lady, Queen Elizabeth, and all who are set in authority under her, that they may order all things in wisdom, righteousness, and peace, to the honour of thy holy name and the good of thy church and people. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. God save our gracious Sovereign and all the members of the Royal Family. Amen. Let us pray. On this week in which this nation has passed the terrible milestone of 100,000 deaths by the COVID epidemic, I pray this prayer from Fenton Court. O thou Lord of all worlds, we bless thy name for all those who have entered into their rest and reached the promised land where thou art seen face to face. Give us grace to follow in their footsteps as they have followed in the footsteps of thy Son. Keep alive in us the memory of those dear to ourselves whom thou hast called to thyself. And grant that every remembrance which turns our hearts from things seen to things unseen may lead us always upward to thee till we come to our eternal rest. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Remembering our sister foundation, St Bartholomew's Hospital, all the hospitals of Barks NHS Trust, the CEO, doctors, nurses, porters, cleaners and chaplaincy team of that hospital and of all of our hospitals. Remembering those who are working in so many ways for the alleviation of this calamity. Let us pray this prayer from the Church of Ireland. Almighty God, the Lord of life and death, of health and sickness, have mercy upon us miserable sinners, now visited with great sickness and mortality. Withdraw from us this grievous affliction. 
Sanctify to us, we beseech thee, this fatherly correction. Enlarge our charity to relieve those who need our help. Bless the remedies applied to assist them. Give us prudence to see and vigour to use the means which thy providence affords for preventing and alleviating such calamities. And above all, teach us to know how frail and uncertain our condition is, and so to number our days, that we may seriously apply our hearts to that holy and heavenly wisdom whilst we live here, which may in the end bring us to life everlasting. Through the merits and mediation of Jesus Christ, thine only Son, our Lord. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost, be with us all evermore. Amen. The choir will now sing the anthem, Sing Unto the Lord, by Pastor.
for we are living in a material world, and I am a material girl. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Since you are eager for spiritual gifts, our first lesson says, try to excel in them in order to edify or build up the church. This is an interesting little passage. At first glance, it seems to weigh into the contemporary debates about speaking in tongues and that sort of thing, the behavior one might expect to see in a charismatic church on an excitable Sunday evening, accompanied by the raising of hands to music composed in the last few years. Horses for courses, I suppose. But this isn't actually what this passage is about, or at least it may only be so tangentially, and then only if the 21st century reading of the words is not hopelessly anachronistic. No, this passage is much more interesting than that, and much fiercer, and much less comfortable. Yes, much less comfortable even than getting involved in a 21st century spat about churchmanship. 1 Corinthians, basically only known for that cute passage about love in 1 Corinthians 13, used in most weddings and the funeral of the late Quondam Princess of Wales, is not a gentle or a kind or a cute letter. It is excoriating. Paul simply cannot believe the mess that has been made of Christianity by its new adherents in Corinth. It is a car crash of a church. Sex. Well, of course sex is a problem. It always is. And Corinth loves sex. They were famous for it and even had a sexual position named after themselves. Here you had all sorts of goings-on, including men sleeping with their mothers-in-law and a lot of visiting of prostitutes, for which Corinth was also famous. But that isn't the worst of it. There was the dripping social snobbery, with poorer Christians being relegated to embarrassing positions at the back of services, which were being held in secret in the kinds of houses that were big enough to be able to hold services. And the poorer Christians were also not being allowed food, in that there was a meal that was generally happening before the services started, and they weren't invited in until after the food had been eaten. The Corinthians were suing each other, they were arguing, they were inevitably feuding. They were living in a material world and they were very much material girls. And Paul had to fire off a blistering letter, which has come down to us as 1 Corinthians. And it didn't work. He then had to send at least two more letters, which scholars think have been spliced together into 2 Corinthians, which itself makes reference to an earlier painful letter, which may or may not have been this letter. It's a mess. Diplomatic relations were somewhere at the same level as those between the European Union and AstraZeneca this week. And this evening, we got to chapter 14. Not that Paul divided his letter into chapters, but others have, and that's where we are. And he is imploring people not to abuse their spiritual gifts. If you have them, for heaven's sake, use them to build up the church. You can almost hear the exasperation or exhaustion in his voice, and a little bit of reverse engineering 
tells us what was probably going on. I thank my God, he says, I speak with tongues more than you all. Yet in the church I had rather speak five words with my understanding, that by my voice I might teach others also, than ten thousand words in an unknown tongue. Now, whether we're talking about the modern interpretation of people speaking in tongues in a manner incomprehensible to those around them, or the older reading of people speaking in a language that was not commonly understood, I think we've got a pretty solid idea of what was going on. People who had got religion and got it bad were, making, were busy making everyone else feel small or stupid, unable to reach the heights of spirituality that they had reached unable to understand the theology that they were able to speak about. It's a perennial vice of anyone who loves God, and we clergy do it more than anyone else, with worse effects. But it's toxic, and Paul knows this, and Paul tells them this, and they did not like it one tiny little bit. Nobody does. It's difficult for anyone to hear. It's difficult for us to hear. But every church will, to some extent, do this. We'll be pleased as punch about some spiritual discipline going well. We'll have processed some theology book and then tried to talk about it in the pub. Worse, we'll have half-processed that theology book and still try to talk about it or preach about it. We'll have the little ticks that make us work but seem incomprehensible to others who have just heard that. We think it's normal and someone else thinks it's alienating. We sneer about Christians from other churches, for example, talking in tongues and putting their hands in the air. Physician, heal thyself. It creates in-crowds and out-crowds. Worse, it drives people away before they even get to be in any form of crowd at all. And this is something I'm doubly aware of, preaching right now in an almost empty church to people I cannot see some of whom I will know wonderfully well. And we've been to the rising sun across the road back when it was open, or you've been round for pancakes on Shrove Tuesday, or all the rest. But some of you are people I've never met in my life. You've never been here, or if you have, it wasn't in my time. It's, this is just as true as a, for the congregation. In normal times, there will be people sitting across the nave whom you've never done more than nod at. Now, there are people attending the same service sitting across the world who don't even know that the other people sitting in possibly the same city exist. How do we welcome you all here at St. Bartholomew the Great? How do we speak? What do we do? What can we do when the world writes itself again to draw all of you in and avoid anyone having to be scowled at across the centuries by St. Paul for using their spiritual gifts for anything other than building up the church. This is the task of the next few months. And for that, I'm going to need your help. Not to tell everyone else how they've been getting it wrong and setting up their own in-crowd. That's in the end the same thing, but in reverse. No. More that we can all keep an eye open for all the little things we can do to build up the body of Christ, to be understood, to help Christ be understood, 
and to be willing to check ourselves that we're never using our spiritual gifts to beat others over the head rather than raise them up as they so richly deserve to be raised. So we're doing a few things over the next few weeks. Starting today, earlier this morning, and I'm afraid you're a bit late to the act, but next week it, it, it can work. We started at, 11, at 1 o'clock after the main 11 o'clock services to have a Zoom uh, coffee morning, coffee afternoon, I suppose it is. So anybody can tune in anywhere in the world and see who else is there. And we can actually perhaps start to get to know each other. Some people will know each other who have been coming here for 20, 30 years. Some people will have never been here before, but we can start to try to get to know each other. And you can get to know the people whom you've seen serving or singing or any of the other things. We've introduced Lexu Divina by Zoom so that we can start praying together. Um, silently and quietly, but at 4.15 on Sundays, just before Evensong, leading straight into Evensong. Lexu Divina, so we can pray together wherever we are. Last week we had 35, 36 people join, half of whom had never been here before. So that would be lovely to start seeing, start building that up. And out of that might come small groups of people meeting online, but having this as their central place. Building up the body of Christ spiritually, but trying to avoid clobbering anybody over the head with the things that we think we've got right. So that's what we're going to be doing over the next few weeks, and I invite you to be a part of it if you're interested. You might just want to be anonymous behind a television screen, and that's fine too. But that's the way that we can be a little bit more than material girls even as we live in our slightly odd, virtual, but material world. Amen. Well, there you have it. A few things that you can be a part of, if you were so minded. On top of that, we've also got services that you can continue to join in on, and we've got some exciting ones coming up in the near future. We've got this Tuesday, an Evensong, online, for all of you who are watching or listening on Spotify or on Apple Tunes or any of the other media by which you can listen. Um, a special Evensong for Candlemas where we've got the choir spread around the church, flanked by candles, and we've got some wonderful music that has been put together in a little extra than we would normally get at Evensong. And one more sermon, I apologise, from me for this. So I invite you to join, join us for that. Or if you're in London and would like to, a physical service for Candlemas, we've got one of those as well at 7pm here in the church, with candles you can take home but can't process around with, I'm afraid. Ash Wednesday... Similar, we are, we are going to have two services here in, uh, in the churches, one at St. Bartholomew the Less at 12.30 and one at 7pm here. But also, we're going to be putting out a special service for all of you online 
um, in the form of the old way of celebrating Ash Wednesday in the Church of England, a matins, litany and service of commination, but also with a little extra bit of ashing, and we're hoping that we might be able to have ashing from home if we can be able to send out enough ash in the post to everybody on our electoral roll, or anybody else who would like some ash if you let us know. And for that, we're going to need palm crosses from previous years to be sent in, because that's what you make the ash out of. So if you can send us your palm crosses, or drop them off if you're passing by the church, we can then send them off back out to you in the form of ash. So I invite you to do that, and to take part in the services as well. All of this, the services in the church, the services online, the choir singing, in this building, the materials to set up the filming, Tom, our filmographer. All of this costs money and is essential for us to be able to keep going. And so I invite you to make your donation, if you could, as you would if you were here in church as the collection plate goes round. And to see the links on the YouTube page and on the Facebook page and on the website and click that and to let it follow through and for you to make such donation as you are able. And to support this ancient church and our very new ministry. And on that note, I invite you, wherever you are, to bow your heads and pray for God's blessing. The peace of God, which passeth all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God, and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, be upon you and remain with you, this night and always. Amen.